0: Welcome to the Twilight Conversations. My name is Jimmy. And in this podcast, I'll be exploring human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Twilight Conversations. Episode 42. Just have to get the strange voice out of the way first. Seems to be something I have to do. Something, some glitch in my, uh, Neurology System, episode forty-two. Right, that's out of the way. And this particular episode is a follow-on from the last one I did on my own, um, uh, which was on power, 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 oh, your yep, baby. And I focused quite a bit on personal power and interrelationships and, you know, uh, friends, romances, all kinds of human relationships and how power moves in and out of that, how we use it and misuse it and all of that. Now, I'm not separate to that, I might touch a little bit of that again. I'm going to look more at the structure of power in society, cultures, politics, the abuse of power at the collective level. That brings us into the likes of the Holocaust, the Nazis, authoritarians, fascists, despots, what's the personality behind that? A lot of that type of stuff. How does that? Because in a way, it's kind of the same dynamics as the individual relationship, but something happens to it out in the collective field in the world. So you know, what starts what does one feed the other? But I'm going to focus more on the, the more collective for this particular um, episode. But still. You know, I'll, I'll juxtapose one for a better term the uh, relationships between kind of families power structures there, individuals and how that influences the culture and the society and vice versa and particularly I'm going to look at cults though you could you could put you could replace the L with an n put a T at the end cults. he must say it why must he say it I said to him I said Jimmy I love you baby I love you so much. Please stop using the C word. There you go. He's just lost another fan. <laughs> like I have fans. <laughs> um but cults particularly like leading us right up to the whole cult, the MAGA cult, the kind of Trump that whole phenomenon, which is again just across the pond in the States, which is always interesting to watch because what's happening there is close to here. It's a, I don't know if the trend is set somewhere else, but it's really, really interesting what's happening, you know. And he might even get jailed. Wouldn't that be just beautiful? But I'll get back to that. But, um, because the same mentality is there from, Hitler, to Mussolini, to Franco, to Thatcher, to all the various, there's loads of them, you know, what's your man's name now? Putin, of course, he's at it, he's, you know, uh, they all have something in common, and I'm going to go into that, what the the structure, in a weird way, the, the, the term for them is the strong men, but they're far from strong, they're extremely weak men, but they can't do what they do unless they get the cult around them, and that's what fascinates me more particularly with the Trump stuff now, because it's obvious he's a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Yet, they're queuing up to kind of lick his hole. You know what I mean? And the worse he is, the more they love him. And they're going to get to that dynamic and how that happens in individual relationships and how that happens then in the collective. You know, um, like this orange clown scarily wields huge amounts of power there's still a whole, thankfully it's the minority in America right now but around the world as well there's a whole what word would I use what's a good term for a group cult, collective cults of people that revere and are devoted to psychopathic maniacs who despise and have contempt for those that adore them you know, there's no self-respect going on it's like they fucking hate you, but you you keep queuing up to lick right up their ass crack, right? The more you do that, the more contempt they have for you. The more contempt they have for you, the more you make excuses for them and say that they're brilliant. That, that whole dynamic, you know, um, is going on. That kind of, uh, I suppose, at an individual level, you might call that uh, sadomasochistic kind of dynamic. Now, in the privacy of your own home, If you're an adult with another adult or other adults and there's an an air of love, respect and care and you want to play out that type of stuff, happy days. Beautiful. Go for it. But what we're talking about here is a whole different vibe altogether. This is very dangerous on the world stage. A lot of people get hurt. A lot of people are brainwashed. And sadly or frighteningly, maybe without being alarmist, We're on the kind of cusp of a huge return of the authoritarian leader, the fascist leader. Trump wants to be one desperately, and uh, he's probably the most incompetent of them all, which kind of makes him even more dangerous. Because it's clear he's uneducated; he hasn't fucking clue what he's doing. You listen to him; he talks nonsense. He lies continually. um, Doesn't listen to anyone, (laughs) but he wields this huge power, you know. Which I'm, as you probably know totally fascinated by you know why people are buying into that you know what, what's happening in the kind of mass hysteria and the brainwashing you know there's absolutely no critical thinking going on you know if you try if you actually listen to people from the far right or the and they're the same all over the world you have Orban in Hungary you have Vossanero in Brazil you have um even that fucking other clown that was in, in the UK what was he what was it, Boris you know again he looked all like silly <laughs> one dangerous bastard I have to tell you they're all very very similar in what they're about you know very destructive uh, really vengeful um, completely often devoid of any any morals I'll go into the personality structures in a while but you, you get what I'm talking about but they're on the rise and it's kind of there's a, there's a popularity to them now Molina um, uh, in Italy the woman that's got a is that her name? Molina I think it might be um, following down from the classic Mussolini in Italy Kim Jong can never think of a surname every podcast I do I never research it properly or I do and I forget it you know the North Korean guy they're all over they're everywhere there's this, uh, the the Hungarian one yeah it's Orban there's the Turkish one Orban I think his name is or something like that anyway, you know what I mean you know I don't have to know the names they're there right we have them here Thankfully, it's not huge for us yet, but it's kind of coming in, you know, because what do they all have in common? You know, there's loads of things they have in common, you know. They're racist, they're xenophobic, they're anti-Semitic, I suppose, very hateful, hugely hateful, um, homophobic, any phobic you can get, these people, anything that's different, these are just, you know, ridiculously violent and anti, you know, immigrants, anything that's different. You know, and they lead with fear, not respect. You know. So these are the total opposite to what we know to be democratic, which is a process that kind of says, Well, what do you think? I don't know, let's talk about it. Right. <laughs> let's all get involved in the conversation. You know, um you know, that's that's not what these people are about. And sadly, there's groups of people around the world who don't want democracy. Whatever's going on there, they want to be dominated and pissed on and shat on literally and metaphorically by these despotic fucking maniacs we're strange creatures aren't we human beings as i said in the privacy of your own home with a loving person knock yourself out lovely but if you're wielding power over thousands or millions of people in the world and your behavior is going to hurt a lot of people and affect a lot of people and cause a lot of people starvation, a lot of people to die, a lot of people to suffer immensely, you know. These are your guys, you know, or women. So that's the kind of gist of what i would be talking about. How does that, you know, and there may be a part three at some point of this. How does that structure happen? Um, just before I go on, just to thank uh, Stephen, uh, James Smith, who was with me last week. Uh, beautiful to interview him. Lots of lovely responses back. He was a joy to talk to. Lovely guy. Um, very very talented poet Um, check him out if you can and a Liverpool fan like myself hope to catch the Arsenal game now today, I'm not very confident about that but then I wasn't about the United game a few weeks ago and we whipped their ass 7 fucking nil I'm dining out on that one because Liverpool are having a shit season so there you go Okay, so power excuse me, it's quite a big uh, huge Area, So obviously I'm not going to cover everything. Politics is huge. I can, I'm not really going to go into party politics so much as more the difference between democracy and fascism, autocratic leaders, you know, those type of stuff. What I've just been naming. So I'm going to, um, do the interplay between the individual, the family, the structure, and also then we've got the class structure. So a lot of the stuff I'll be referring to the, the fantastically talented public enemy hip hop group from, Late eighties, mid eighties, late eighties, early nineties. Um, who were political commentators at the time? uh, Extraordinarily talented, um, Chuck D and Flavor Flav and the great sound as well. They were from Long Island in New York, and you know they've loads of albums. One of their famous ones is Fear of Black Planet. I suppose a lot of what we understand around power struggles, we could look to America, to the to slavery, you know. And how that whole struggle for equal rights, civil rights movement, Martin Luther King in the 50s, 60s, just, just to get a vote, just to be, you know, just to be seen as equal human beings. What the fuck is that about? I mean, they should be, but what, what's going on? So what we can, from what can become quite a complex discussion, if we peel it right back, what we're really talking about, the power structures are white European males. Who think they're better than everybody else. That's the simple description. Right? They're usually assholes, very insecure, but they've had huge power and they're colonizers, you know, you know the story. Um and it's very clear in, in USA over the, the the decades and hundreds of years now, the last couple hundred years or so, that the it's very clear it's it's black or brown people they don't like. And they're the whole white supremacists supremacy movement the white supremacists grew out of that and it's really simple they just think well we're better because we're white you know and i'm fascinated how people decide how they think they're better than somebody else but there's an an assumption that the white europeans you know coming from britain coming from spain portugal all the big colonizers uh, britain spain they did the whole South American thing. Portugal, they did Brazil and other places in Africa. Um, who else? The Dutch. The big there. No, others, but they're the big ones. So you can see where they come from. So that kind of Western European type of vibe. So somehow you trace that back right? So you've got layers in there, there's kind of nuances, because if they're males, now you can get women fascists now as well, they're coming into it. We had Thatcher many a while back, who caused horrendous, horrendous damage to the working class people of that country, particularly Liverpool, more so, uh, really got it, got it in the neck. They, You can't even mention her name in that city, and rightly so. Um, but she she did horrendous things so how did that class system happen what's the structures to all of that you know and i know there's layers here isn't there you know how come i'm here doing this podcast how come i work as a psychotherapist and technically speaking when i grew up there was no one saying you're going to be a psychotherapist because the class system would suggest there are people that are different they're better than you or they're more clever than you and we just accepted that you know and it's not just me that's lots of us what is working class anyway, you know? What was the joke in the commitments? Not even fucking work. <laughs> you know, but you don't want to be people that worked, that were unioned up, you know, all of that stuff. So the the this new breed of fascists now that are around, they don't want unions, they're union, all that stuff, you know? Now, you might say, Jimmy, this isn't new. It's not. And I'm going to say things that you've heard before, right? And I've quoted this before, John Lennon, I want you to make love, not war. I know you've heard it before. Just because we've heard it before doesn't mean it's not important. Because things are cyclical. You've noticed that we're habitual. History repeats itself, right? You know, no one thought the Holocaust could happen, right? January 6th in America, who would have believed that would have happened? What's really scary about that still, the level of gaslighting that's going on, you know? Ah, they were tourists, you know? It was fucking horrendous. I mean, America, with the, the kind of, I know the seat of democracy is Greece, but the country that would be seen, uh, this big powerful country, as the leading examples of, of, of democracy, you know, of, of how it's done, was was put to siege by Trump and a load of his fucking henchmen, basically, a load of his devotees. And they broke in there, and they, they're supposed to be all for the police, they, battered police a couple of police died from it P- police were injured and ended up with having to leave the force because of psychological damage and woundedness and injury they went in they shot on the floors the, you know these these wonderful people for america right who would have thought i remember watching that one i'm still in shock watching it on the telly like is that fucking really happening and still there's a whole gaslighty vibe around it particularly with the right-wingers you know they won't you know it's so it's creeping in it's quite scary uh, but I'll get back into that, right, in a while. So, where was I? Went on, went on one there, didn't I? I could feel that going on, you know? So I'm trying to tie in, you know, we can't help where we're born. If you're born into a, a so-called upper middle class family, fabulous. There's, I don't have anything against that. Or if you're born into a so-called working class family, that's fine. There's arseholes from both, right? And there's fabulous people from all, all walks of life. It's just not about that for me. It's just about those structures, how they're there, those systems, how they're there from the family system right through to the kind of community system, to the, you know. So I've spoken about this before and it's not a good or a bad thing. How come when I was 14 or 15, the last thing you would ever heard me of saying, I didn't know what a psychotherapist was when when a teacher would say, so Jimmy, come on, you're going to have to get your shit. What would you like to do? I know you're good at football, but you're not that good, right? And I wasn't. I was good, but not that good. There were guys who were far, far, far better. So you're not going to be a footballer right? You're not going to make it in the gangster world because you just haven't got the heart for that shit. I haven't. You're not going to make, you know, you're not going to be a criminal. What are you going to do? I think I'll be a psychotherapist. That wasn't going to be the conversation. And I'm not alone in that. There's there's so many people now who are, you know, who've come from uh, a working class background who are now doing jobs, having careers that would have been considered out of bounds for them, you know, at one time. And there are probably still people like that, you know. So, how did that happen? How did that all, you know, come together over me? Doing, doing, ding, ding. Um, I was listening to actually, you're on the Beatles, come together. So, I'm not saying I'm going to answer everything today, unfortunately. I know you're all there waiting. What's the answer, Jimmy? How did all that happen? I don't know, but we'll have a, we'll have a rummage around and have a look at it. I do feel if we peel it right back and go back to this arrogance of these white European male model of life Christian I might throw in as well which I think is an insult to Christ because Jesus was cool but these bucket lunatics right they got an arrogance and a superiority they went to you know civilized places and they just raped and pillaged and caused huge suffering and put in their own values and there were people, indigenous peoples everywhere, who who had their own beautiful spiritual way and they just shat all over that and said, like, We'll teach you how to live. And that was part of setting up this structure, I think. That's that's where it kind of happened. So I think it all comes from arrogance, fear, uh, ignorance deep insecurity and i think it's all about love and someone was saying to me recently jimmy i heard you talking about the all about love thing it's not real, is it i don't think you're right you're always saying it's all about love you know it's not it's okay fair enough what's it about don't know you know maybe he's right i don't know maybe it's not all about love i believe it is and again i don't mean in a wishy-washy way um because if you actually examine why does anybody do anything ask yourself Now, I'm using love in the broadest sense of the word as an attitude of regard, care for another being or beings, whether that's familial love, uh, friend love, romantic love, comradery love, whatever it might be, collegial love, all kinds of love where you basically have an attitude of respect, care, kindness for the other human that might be placed in front of you or near you. You know, we know we develop that for ourselves and it creates a nice synergy. If you care for me, I'll care for you. That's a song, is it Melanie? If you take care of him, then maybe he'll take care of her beautiful people by Melanie. Um But it is all about love. Why does the gangster do what he I'm repeating what I said before, but I think it's important. Why does the gangster do what he or she does? Answer on the postcard, please. No, they do it. Ah, for drugs. Yeah, but why do they want drugs? If they're they want drugs because they want to perhaps soothe the violent pain in their soul that says oh, no one's going to love me or I want to create an opportunity to love whether that's just sexual, physical initially you know, everybody wants to be loved I, don't, I know that's a bit oversimplified but when you peel it all back those white European fucking souls they want it to be loved it's completely distorted of course how they've gone about it they've gone into dominance and power over know, because there's a lot of fear in love, we know this, a lot of risk, right? We can get hurt. So multiply that, you know, out out there in the bigger world. So... Why, why is that happening? Oh, people want power. Yeah, but why do people want power? They want power so that they can maybe impress someone. So maybe you'll love me. Maybe I'll keep the man or the woman. Maybe I'll keep a friend. Maybe I'll show them I'm great. Maybe I'll, I need I need to stroke and sell drugs and that and do all these type of things so I can get money and, you know, keep you in bling. And then you'll appreciate me and love me because I'm afraid you won't love me if I do nothing. I have to keep you. No one's going to want to be with me. And I'm not saying that's conscious for people, but I think that plays out. In all the different systems, you know, even on the political stage. Of course, people aren't thinking in their head, I'm doing this because I desperately want to be loved. And I'm afraid if I show my love to someone, they may misunderstand me or hurt me. (laughs) They're not thinking that, right? But you can be sure it's going on. You know, I want to be respected. I want to be noticed. All the normal human things. And then that brings us back to the family system. How that might have got hurt there or... You know, misguided or misunderstood, as can happen. You know, then into the kind of school system, and away we go. Okay, baby, away we go. Um, primal scream loaded. I do. I think in terms of songs, so I might just get, might seem like a non sequitur, but a line of a song will come into my mind. You will find it's connected. Um, so you see where I'm going with it? What dictates all of that? How come? How come? You know, when we think of um. Uh, a therapist a doctor a solicitor a businessman or woman um, a politician we seldom think of someone from Ballymone or Ballyferma do we? we don't or anywhere that's kind of an ordinary place we think of people with certain accents they're usually suited up and again there's nothing wrong wearing suits uh they speak a certain way they talk a certain way they look clean Their nails are always clean for some reason <laughs> know, clean i've always noticed that as a kid their nails are very clean um they, they just you know brief casey, a bit clippy you know they usually go to university and that's brilliant why shouldn't they you know but i always remember they weren't us social workers they were them and how did they become them And it's okay that they're them but maybe us can be them and they can be us. You know, it's like, no, that's changing. It's mixed up a little bit now, which is a beautiful thing. It's nice uh, integration going on of different types, skill sets coming in and out of the types of work I'm talking about. You know, we think of judges, uh, barristers. I always imagine them with very posh accents and very, you know, and, and they generally are, you know, how we, even the education system, what does that mean? You know, what, what, what's it about? What are we being taught? You know, what have we been taught morally? What have we been taught about values? You know, apart from memorizing shit, you know? What have we been taught about being human beings and what's important? About power, about the structures, about how to live. Um, this is where I'm going. That's why I might draw from the experience of the black communities in, in America. It's the same in the world, like apartheid in South Africa and so forth. But I might draw from that and use Public Enemy because they commented on that as many have through their work just very skillfully and exquisitely um, but we can we can the same so often I remember having conversations with really close friends over the years about this and um, we were kind of commenting on you know yeah with apartheid and what goes on in the states and other places where you can identify and visually see black and brown people there's a discrimination straight away they look different they sound different They're kind of where they live is different their habits are different but it's identifiable straight away. With the class system, with white people, it's not e- as easily identifiable. You know, although in America, they, what do they call them white trash, don't they? It's an, it's an awful saying. They live in trailer parks, trailer trash. You know, um, and they're descendants from that European mob. So they must feel really pissed off they didn't get a slice of cake, you know what I mean, somehow. So how did those other guys or women get that? You know, how did they end up being trailer trash? I'm thinking of the quest of the family and the Simpsons, you know, the hillbillies. <laughs> Cletus and all the kids. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Um, the hillbilly mob. So how does that happen? You know, what, what goes on? And obviously I'm not going to be able to get to all of that, but even just to name it, just to get you thinking about it. What is what is that? How did, How did racism happen? Who decided? How did these guys decide, just based on the colour of our skin, we are superior to those brown and black people. Is that something you just wake up in the morning with and kind of go, I think we're better than them. (laughs) How does that even form in someone's mind? Someone thought it somewhere. I don't know who started it, right? Now, I would imagine my, you know, black and brown people, there's all kinds of people in the black black and brown community, but I would imagine it's more of a threat because uh, there's a certain power and dignity when black and brown people are allowed to be themselves and flourish, and a huge skill set, and they're powerful and dignified and interesting and sexy and brilliant, you know, and intelligent, and, and some of them aren't, but I mean in general, you know, the same with, with so-called white people. So I'm just interested in the environments, if an environment's allowed to flourish you know, it's no surprise, again, I'll use America. If you see the projects there, I've been over in a, t- a few times and I've seen projects. You know, they're quite similar to air projects except they've just got more guns, you know, <laughs> and they dance better, <laughs> basically, and they've better communities kind of thing, you know. But, my God, you know, it suits the powers that be. you got to fight the power. Fight the powers that be. It does suit those white supremacists to have the blacks all killing themselves in the hood, right so they can kind of go well, there you go we tried to help and look at them they're savages and the cycle continues you know and you you know that's why the public enemy came out and said some you know really interesting things about that um, of their many albums one was called fear of black planet and a couple of lyrics i can't rap it the way they do they're just brilliant uh fear of black planet and uh, man calm down don't get mad i don't your sister but suppose she loved me would you still love her? Would you dismiss her? What's pure? Is it a European state of thing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If the whole world was to come through peace and love, then what would be made of it? Excuse us for the news. You might not be amused, but did you know white comes from black? No need to be confused. Blah, 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 blah. So the question, you know, you can see the question there. So what, you know, you know the old saying, would you want your sister to marry one? You know, it's like, like I've said before, blokes around gays, I don't mind them now once they fucking stay away from me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What's the, Blacks are grand, just keep them fucking over there. You know, do you know what I mean? So what would happen if your sister fell in love with one? It's what they're saying. What, happen, you know, you, what happens to your attitude then? Do you not love her anymore? You, do you know? Or the other way around, if your brother falls in love with a black woman, um, so to so speak or, or someone different or foreign or somebody get you know you, it, we're into the homophobic thing then you know so skin colour sexual preferences uh, like the trans stuff now and I know it can get a bit over PC but by and large it's just people trying to live their lives isn't it you know if anyone's a little bit different a bit challenging you know people get a bit like we can't have that you know Who are you to tell people they can't be who they are? That's what I'm always fascinated by. You know, making rules for people. And and this is all of that stuff that's that white Christian uh, male domination, really. So that's where we're breaking it down to that group. And I think they're a group of really, really insecure, small-dicked men (laughs) basically, who don't feel good about themselves and who have flipped that around and decided they're better than everybody. I know it's a simplified version of it, but really, sometimes things are that simple, aren't they? You know, there's no mystery. They have made a decision. They've chosen to believe we are better than you and we're going to run with that. And how do they get the power to do that? How do they manage to amass the money? Because they robbed everybody of it, didn't they? They rob people's resources, they rob them of their dignity, they rob them of self-respect, they rob them, they took the pair away, they, you know. Now, as I'm talking about this, think about the abusive relationship you may or may not have been in, individually or in a family. What's, what's the, what happens? They isolate you, right? They take away your creativity they take away your good feelings, they try to take away your power, your power would be your, you know, ability to communicate, your likability factor, and they make you think you're no good, and they completely dominate you, not in the nice way, right, they really keep you, and then you're left, a shadow of your former self, you know, people, you know, see, God, you look different, what's going on, you know, and they intimidate you, that you can't speak to anybody about it, and you get caught in the thing, you know, that kind of, trauma bond reaction that can happen. It's very powerful. So it's the same thing, but bigger. right? So groups of people, particularly these white wasps, isn't it, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, but it can be Catholics as well, you know, these Christian white men who have Gathered together and decided we need to save the world, and how we're going to do it is by shitting all over it and robbing everybody, you know, Um, and keeping everybody down, right? And then we'll keep all the money, we'll keep all the power, and we'll throw you a few crumbs, right? Can you see the kind of correlation between that and the individual abusive relationship kind of thing? Take your money, take your dignity, take your self respect. They take your friends and they like you being in that position because then they can feel superior. So we're into the superior, inferior thing. It's a bit like those I spoke, I think I spoke about this before. You know, those fat feeders, have you ever seen them? They used to have these documentaries. There's these mainly guys, I'm sure there are women as well, who fall in love with someone who's really obese. Fine. You love, love who you like. That's not a problem. I don't have an issue with that. But there's something sinister about the way they do it. And you know those, it tends to be America again, doesn't it? You know those big women, you know, women that need pulleys and stuff and they need to knock walls down to get them out to hospital. And these guys feed them and they get tons of fucking heavy shit to give them all the time because then they can feel important and they can know then, they can completely control and have power over this person. She, he is never going to leave me. They're never going to have to interact with another human being. So there's no danger of me losing them. So they never have to face the risk or the beauty of allowing someone you love to feel free. You know, your children, your friends, your lovers to to go out there and and enjoy other people and be in life. You know, they completely... So it's the same kind of thing, you know. So these uh, white Christian European males are really fat eaters, basically, (laughs) right? But they they are, what would we call, what do they feed the world instead? Lies. They gaslight the world, basically, you know, and they use fear, misinformation, and that wonderful thing called propaganda. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what was called the Milford, yeah, I think it was called the Milford, wasn't it? Milligram experiment back in the early 60s, I think 1961, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Stanley Milligram Professor in yeah, 1961 and he was hugely influenced and affected by the Holocaust and he raised some really really important questions uh, about that for example you know like how did that fucking happen the Milligram experiment was a social kind of psychology experiment right um, he got 40 40 men between 20 and 50 basically and what they did was they administered electric shocks to the learner right but the shocks weren't real but the the person who was the person who was let didn't know that they weren't real so they'd make all these screams and all that so the the volunteers thought they were really hurting this person right and they, they were giving them various commands and the whole idea was he wanted to check would people just carry out orders. You know, like I was just carrying out orders like the Nazis did, like all the Germans did, and the people that weren't even Nazis, who they all kind of were complicit in allowing the Holocaust to happen. Even German civilians who kind of gave up Jews that were living there, you know, let the Nazis have them. You know, again, you have that kind of bizarre, sinister cult element where people behave terribly badly because they're told to do so by some fucking lunatic. Like Hitler was a little brick, but look at the power he had. And they were falling over themselves to literally crawl up his ass. You know, the people around him, I want to please him, I want to please him. They were jerking off thinking about him, you know what I'm saying? So that's it's strange, isn't it, right? But yeah, this spread out and people wanted to please him and they wanted to please the Nazi party. Would fear be involved? Yeah. Compliance? Yeah. Wanting to do, wanting to be seen as, a, as oh, look how good I am, I did that for you. I really agree, you know? kind of vibe i think that was in there as well but there's a collective cult hip- hypnotic spell that happens there where reasonably good human beings start behaving really badly to please this lunatic you know on command i suppose in the experiment basically that that's what it was and he was trying to test whether whether people would uh they'd have dissonance around their own conscience when they were hearing these shocks going off. So these questions would be asked. Now they were all done in these rooms, controlled circumstances. There was no real electric shock, but they believed they were giving someone an electric shock if they got the answer to the question wrong. And that's what they were told to do. And when they heard the suffering, they just kept going. And they, when it when they, they thought the kind of voltage was higher, not all of them now, but quite a percentage of them kept going. Some felt, got, felt quite ill and sick and, and they, Just didn't sit with them when they stopped, but some carried on because well, I've been told to do it. You know, it's not that the people that carried on didn't have a conscience or didn't have morals. It's just like the the desire to please, to carry out the order, trumped, excuse the pun, um, their own sense of moral value and, and and compassion. You know, and it does raise the question, doesn't it? You know, the old saying, "Power corrupts." we can say, oh yeah, I'd never, would we be the same? You know, have you ever done something and it's really didn't sit with you, but you did it? You have that dissonance going on. Multiply that by quite a lot. Throw in a lot of fear. Throw in like everybody wants to be like everybody else. You don't want to be out. if You see everyone doing this thing, you know. And then are they being gassed that they didn't know all these Jews were getting fucked into trains, all these these, um, gas chambers were being built, right? Were they pretending that wasn't happening? They're going into a a work camp. La 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 la. Hi. Have a good time. (laughs) See see you in the the spring. You know, Auschwitz, you know. You see what I mean? That happened. It's not just in films. That was real. And it's not that long ago. It was in the 40s. Late 30s, 40s. So the use of propaganda there is enormous. And Milligram was really affected by that that's why he set up the experiment you know stanley milligram would people compromise their conscience if ordered to because he was kind of reckoning that obedience is is like a basic an element in the structure of social life as one can point to it has been reliably established that from 1933 to 1945 millions of innocent people were slaughtered in gas chambers because people were ordered to do something, and they complied millions. I mean, they reckon up to 6-8 million, don't they, in the Holocaust. Interestingly enough, the Holocaust deniers are right-wingers, far right-wingers. Isn't it's that interesting? And they, they pose questions like, well, here it wasn't, but, you know, you'll know. you hear that type of stuff. So there's a connection there. You know, A lot of the, the kind of MAGA Trumpy people are kind of like, they're, they, they love Orbán from Hungary, they, they're quite okay with them. They, they kind of, well, it wasn't, you know, they're not too, <laughs> they kind of like them. So you get the neo-Nazis going on and all that. So what, what draws people to that, you know? Huge fear, I would imagine. But I'm sure they're never going to cop to that, you know? When Milligram devised the experiment, you know, the obedience of the subject, uh They didn't realise what was going to happen. I think they were quite shocked, really. Excuse the punks that were using this, you know, fake electric shocks. It really confirmed, I suppose, from that, that under certain circumstances, the power can corrupt, that uh, human beings will under duress. And if they're ordered, something kicks into the human psyche. And we will. There's maybe a part of us that will actually I don't know if they there might have been a few sadists in there, but they weren't enjoying it, but they were just following the orders, even though they could hear this incredible suffering, these screams of agony when the voltage was in this other room and the the, the handler just said, Ask them another question, just keep going, keep and they just did it. So there's some weird kind of hypnotic thing that happens to human beings, particularly collectively. You know. and um, I don't know. Whether all those people were interviewed afterwards, how big the dissonance was in them, the you know, were they kind of feeling it, or were they kind of like did they numb off to it? Or there's all variations, there are possibilities, right? So it was more from the aftermath of World War II, the true horror of the course became apparent. Not just German military officers were were complicit in atrocities, but a large section of the general you know population went along with the Nazi plan brainwashed propaganda. Goebbels was the big guy there, as you know, Hitler's propaganda. He was the hugely influential, the kind of things they put out about the black and the brown people and the Jews and the the, the propaganda all the time. And they can, really, they can control the media, control the information. It's huge, isn't it? You know, so these same types of people would control these key things. The military, the media, you know, Gary was with the media, that was huge. And they completely control. They put out all these messages. And again, it's fear. The message is always the same with the fascists. Fear, they're coming to get you. If they can do this to them, they'll do this to you. We need to we need to control them now, get them out. I mean the, the Jews are vermin, isn't that what they said? They were awful. You know, they made up all this stuff about them. You know, and they're stealing all our money and da 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 type of thing, you know? Like the immigrants, they're gonna rob our women and our okay, jobs, you know. If they're robbing your women well, you're not fucking pleasing, are you, dickhead? you <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're robbing your money, you get a job, you haven't even got one. <laughs> um, kind of thing. So it's again, fear, violence, because the Nazis were incredibly violent. So that creates more fear. Um, self righteous. We are right. They are wrong. Collective fear. If you do what we say, you'll be okay we look after you because we have the power. We'll give you the food. We'll give you the jobs. Playing on people's vulnerabilities. Um, Resistance to that will be met with extreme violence. You know? So again, think about the personal relationship. Same dynamic, isn't it? Instill fear. Paranoia. Gaslighting. Huge gaslighting. Telling people, you know, no, not at all. It's not like that. It's like this. You're only imagining that. Ways to control people. You know, again, this helps form that class structure, doesn't it? You know, so who are all the people that were wrong? The Jews. Who's who's always getting it in the fucking neck and up the ass? The Jews, the blacks, the brown people, the gays, the travelers, the gypsies, the Romanies, the, you know, all the different groups of people, you know. And again, I que- I, I, I've raised the question, who's deciding that they're... <laughs> you know what I mean, this kind of central group of you know, assholes, but they've amassed huge power and they've, they've learned how to play the media, they've learned, they're very I don't want to give them too much credit but they learned, they know how to exploit power you know, and if you think of all the fascists Hitler, you ever see him I mean, come on you know what I'm saying Wow, did he amass enormous power. Trump, a fucking godless asshole, but look at the power he has. You know? Um, so they're all quite incompetent, deeply insecure, terrified deep down, but will show no fear, no fear. It will never show anything. And it's all about dominance, violence, never say sorry, you know, and I don't know what it is about that that attracts the crowds that it does, who buy into that and get caught into the cult of that. I don't know what they're seeing and what you know. What's the payoff? Is there some kind of sadomasochistic thing going on? Because the fascists will shit on their own people even more so than the rest. They have utter contempt, as I've said. So I'm wondering, you know, do the cult see that the base of the cult, or do they think? oh, he's going to love me if I do this. You know, it's great to be part of this. Let's just keep pretending. You have to keep pretending you don't see all the shitty things they're doing. And then you have kind of the propaganda medias like the your Fox News, whatever you call them, who are just despicable, immoral, what they do. They really are the lies they spin. Um, and, you know, like Trump's, as I said before, one of his favorite and all the, all the fascists use this is what we call stochastic terrorism. And it's where they use violent rhetoric. They say all these things about whether it's immigrants, Jews, whoever, using fear. And they know if they say that, they're going to roil up their base. And someone from that base, because they've shown it before, will act violently towards these people and their families. And that actually has happened. There's lots of people now who are in hiding because Trump has put out the word about them and their family and he's getting away with it but maybe he's not now because he may get jailed or he's, he's certainly being. there's a few court cases going on from but he's gone away with that and, and fox news has allowed that to happen the media has happened everyone's kind of softened on it oh yeah he's a bit of a like but he's okay you know he's a very dangerous dangerous fuck i'm telling you i'm telling you it doesn't matter what your politics are this is this is authoritarianism 101. The only good thing is he's a bit incompetent and he keeps fucking up. He fucks up so much. He's so arrogant, he fucks up a lot. He may end up in jail. Um he's not he's not like shrewd and swift like other fascists. Um and I don't even know where he's based on. They don't seem to care. They don't seem to care or they see something different. Um yeah. That was the Milford experiment. So there's something in us as human beings that could be corrupted by power without i could be corrupted by power you know because often say well i'd never do that maybe i would under certain circumstances but i'm very interested in the character structure of those that really go on if you want to be an apprentice fascist you know if you want to be one of them you know the hitlers the trumps the mussolinis what's in your dna what are you about what's that character structure what's what kind of personality you know um structure or types are there i will come back to that there was another study done called the stanford experiment which was influenced by the milford experiment that was a bit later obviously that was 61 so stanford came along hang on now in 71 was it yeah in the 70s is my recollection and in the stanford experiment it was two weeks it was a prison experiment so they got volunteers again they set up what was like a prison down in a basement and again it was to see uh, how human beings would be in power so some of them are prisoners set up prisons some of them are guards right and it's like a psychological study of prison life men and women 24 to 70 all physically mentally healthy they got paid 15 euros a day to, to do these volunteers they're divided randomly into equal numbers you know guards prisoners type thing you know and the guards were ordered not to physically abuse the uh, prisoners, right? And the guards were issued mirrored sunglasses to avoid eye contact. It's very really interesting, isn't it? And, uh, and the prisoners were arrested and processed in all the normal way. This was done by Professor Philip Zimbardo who was very much influenced by the Milford study I just talked to you about. Now, I'm giving you a brief one on them if you're interested in them them experiments. You can look them up. There's much, much more to them. I just want to weave them into this whole power thing, what's going on in the human psyche, right? Um, What happened over the the time, the two weeks, the guards, it was meant to be for two weeks, I think after a week, the guards who were volunteers became increasingly violent and brutal towards their their prisoners and power-hungry and they were kind of getting off on it a bit, you know. So it had to be monitored. So a psychologist, Christine Maslak, I think is her name, yeah. Not Maslow, Maslak. She, she came in and she was so upset by the level of brutality that these ordinary everyday human beings got into, that she confronted Zimbardo and got it closed down, you know, before it was meant to finish, because uh, people were suffering so much. And again, these were just random, ordinary people. So could that be any of us? I'd have to say we'd say yes, we, we could, I'd say could, each person's different. So just to be open to that in ourselves, So it's hor- horrible to look at, isn't it, that we could do that under certain circumstances. Again, it's being ordered to do something, this is what you have to do. And what happens to human beings, what happens to compassion, to kindness, to empathy, to, you know, uh, love that the, the people would normally be in, 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 in given this circumstance, and they were, they were apparently very brutal. So, and I presume they come out of that and they debrief and they, they, you know, maybe find they're disgusted with themselves or go through all kinds of stuff. But what happens to the next group of people that kind of go, oh, I love this, I want more, right? They're another group. They maybe go into the cults. They maybe want to be the fascist leader, you know. They're the ones I'm going to focus on now that create this whole power structure you know, and they can look quite respectable as well, you know, it's often these white kind of, white supremacist kind of, um, wealthy, wealthy white men, basically, so the men, you know, there are a couple of women scattered around, but they're never going to be allowed to do the full gig, you know, um, this group of men, these white men who have decided they're better than everybody else, and uh, they want to keep all their power and their money, and they kind of enjoy they get a bit of a buzz out of keeping everybody down, you know. Fuck them, you know, kind of thing. So um the character structure you would be looking at the cluster B personality group. And the cluster B personality group is made up of express my kind of irritation at this before. They are now calling antisocial personality disorder. It sounds so fucking innocuous, doesn't it? That's the psychopath and the sociopath they're now calling it. So I'm gonna use the term psychopath sociopath. For now, because antisocial can kind of put you off. As I said, you think it's like someone like, keep that noise down in there, will you? Can't sleep. No, that's why we think we're not talking about that personality type. We're talking about a psychopath and a sociopath. Slightly different. Psychopath is made, sociopath is learned. They both cause huge amounts of damage, right? But the air, uh, this is huge in the cluster B personality type, cluster B personality disorder, it's mm-hmm. often called. You have the psychopath, sociopath. You've got the borderline, which is now often called emotionally unstable personality disorder. I don't know why they changed these fucking things. But the borderline, now I'm going to say about the borderline, that's a huge spectrum. And there's lots of people down the kind of less harmful ends of it that are not fucking authoritarian or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, but you're made up of these, the histrionic personality and the narcissistic personality. Now, in a way, they all roll into each other because all of them have the narcissist in them, particularly, but the one we're interested in for the, the, your Trumps of the world, your kind of authoritarian leaders is the psychopath, the sociopath. Trump's a sociopath in my humble opinion, because he he hasn't got the kind of the coolness of the psychopath. He's, He's got all the chaos of a sociopath, you know, a psychopath will actually listen to someone else and kind of take the information and kind of go, yeah, that's useful to me. I'll use it. Trump won't. He's so arrogant. He just dismisses everybody. And, He's such a fucking idiot. He, he kind of thinks he, can, he knows better and he can work it out. And he's going to, you know. So your authoritarians are the close to B group and that's a certain personality type and they're naturally narcissistic. So they're self-absorbed, vengeful. See if you can recognize anyone here. Fragile, violent, manipulative. They use gaslighting. They're rigid, racist, homophobic, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, hypocritical. They use all the love bombing, the discard, the hoovering, the rage, the stochastic terrorism, the domineering, all that, and that whole chaos the whole time. Vengeance is huge for them. You're with me or against me, right? Think of the individual relationship or the family relationship you might have been in where this has been the case, right? With the narcissist or the psychopath or the sociopath, where he or she, very, in a very sinister fashion, will manipulate you and gaslight you. They'll work on a weakness in you. And every human being can get caught by this. And it's almost like you get gimped. You get like, you get kneecapped by them nearly and you're weakened. And then, then they move in for the kill then and they fill your head full of crap. That's where the gaslighting happens. And the gaslighting they use is usually that you're no good. You think you're better than you are, blah, 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 blah. There's really something wrong with you. I don't think you're very well. And um, They keep your friends away. Eventually you get isolated, you know. You, you lose your smile, your sparkle. You you know, you've, you've, some of you have been here. You know what I'm talking about. And you get completely dominated in a not pleasant way. You get... Uh, subjugated yeah, you feel crap about yourself you feel no confidence you feel no love and you you grow to believe the psychopath or the sociopath and you're a bit frightened of them as well because they are a bit dangerous and they do nasty, they hurt you badly um, and you know that and you've seen them do it and often they'll do it without anyone else seeing it a bit more sinister and what makes it worse is when everyone outside thinks they're great and you're there having been tortured by them less than an hour ago and just sitting in company, smiling, hey, yeah, yeah, and you're terrified. You know that place. It's okay. So imagine that collectively, right? That's what these people do to our our societies, our cultures. They are really, really sinister. You know, they and they're at the top of the food chain of the kind of uh, the power structure, the, the the distorted power structure. I would call it the. Uh, uh, the white supremacist, we are better than everybody. That's them. So the people who are neo Nazis, white supremacists, uh, authoritarians, despotic leaders, um, all those men and women and people who are drawn to that are either psychopathic or sociopathic or are caught in some kind of trauma bond and want to be dominated by them, you know, or led by them. And we'll will go blindly like Trump's people follow him blindly. They don't care what he does. They don't care what kind of an idiot he makes because he makes an asshole of himself every time he opens his mouth. And they think he's speaking pearls of wisdom. They're hearing something else all the time. They must be. You know what I mean? I don't know what they're hearing, but like it's it's quite fucking. I don't know whether to laugh or cry when it happens. It's like really, <laughs> you know. Um, and even the media are very soft on it. You know, we better not say anything. You know, and look what happened. on not, you know, look what happened back in Germany when, when no one called it out. You know, no one called it out. Everybody complied, went along with it. Off they got on the trains. That's all right. Bum, 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 bum. You know, and it went on for a long time. You know, that smell of burning body. You know, oh, oh wonder what that is. Oh, look at the smoke. They must be working their way up there. You know, do you know what I'm saying? You know, now I would hope that would never happen again, but the same things are in place. The people that are trying to get into power would do the same thing. The people that are trying to get into power fucking love Hitler. They love Goebbels. They're using the, the same thing. They're using the propaganda. They're using the stochastic terrorism. They're using all this, the the authoritarian playbook. They're using all the stuff. Fear. Paranoia. They're coming to get you. I'll protect you. They're coming to get you. We'll stay with us. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm in charge. You hear what I'm going? So I, I don't want to be alarmist, but it's there, you know. They thought the Holocaust could never happen. It did. It fucking did. And I think what's going on now isn't a million miles away. Now, because of many structures we have in society, I'm not sure it would get to that level again. But the dynamics are there. They're saying all the same things. You know, segregation, fear, domination, vengeance, You're the bad people. We're the good people. They're coming to get our wives and our children. You know? They're not. (laughs) Just trying to live their lives. We need to fucking put them down, you know? They're going to get us. Put walls up. They're building walls rather than bridges, you know? And they're creating fear. And an uneasy feeling It's not a nice way to live, you know? And the cult people kind of get off on it. They kind of love it because they're part of it. And they'll do anything for their cult leader. And you know, again, as happened with Trump, he sent them all up to January 6th. Loads of them got jailed. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> but they all think, "Oh, we did it for Donald." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He doesn't give a fuck. Sociopathic narcissist. You're going to be if you're a sociopath, you're going to be a narcissist or a psychopath. Does not care about anyone else except themselves. Everyone goes under the bus. You know, you watch all the people around Trump who are licking his arse. They say one wrong thing and they're gone. They're gone. He doesn't care. Bum, bum, bum. You know, his own right-hand man, Mike Pence, is that his name? They built a fucking gallows for him. You know, all Trump's fans. Because he wouldn't, you know, they, they believed he could change the vote and all that back in uh, 20, 21, you know? And uh, Mike Pence is still crawling up Trump's arse. What the hell is going on? We've all been, I've been, in. I'm ashamed sometimes of when I've behaved in a way and thought, I fucking sold myself short there, you know, I shouldn't have said that or done that. And you, you know, you feel a bit icky and you go, ah, fuck, and then you you learn from it and you you move on, you know, but when that's repeatedly happening, when you're completely humiliating yourself for some distorted love for this leader who would gladly take a huge shit on your head, (laughs) right? And I can't figure out whether if you did that, they would like it or not. (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean um, he's not doing it to pleasure you I can guarantee you <laughs> you know um, so I kind of find myself having to laugh at it a bit because you know because I think I find it so disturbing to be honest with you you know and it's always been there I'm not saying it's new but it's creeping in hugely now that level of power you know how could such a large scale atrocity ever been allowed to take place how could we prevent you know a segment of the community who've been demonised by a government propaganda and media and fuelled by hysteria, how can we prevent that from happening again? You know, you've got your Fox MAGA type of thing. How, you know, it, I'm not being alarmist, I'm telling you what it's happening. Now, the good news, people, the good news here is that there are also, the majority of people are very much into democracy. And the majority of people are, I think, reasonable, ordinary human beings and don't want all of this stuff. But we got to step up much, much more because one of the effects of these people is they can, it can gaslight you so much you can kind of normalize and kind of go, hey, yeah, whatever, it's not me. Don't ignore it. You know, keep your eye on it. You know, again, think of the individual relationship where you're in, be that a friendship or a supposed love relationship and someone starts to, you know throw a bit of gaslighting, a bit of humiliation, a bit of abuse. And you kinda make ah, you give them a pass, you give them a pass, you can before you know where you are, you're chained up in the basement. Not in the good way. Right. You know? And it's not good. Uh, it's not a good. And everyone's wondering where you are, you know, and they starve you and do all the the usual stuff. So be careful. Watch out. Don't make excuses. What can we do? I think the best thing we can do is to not turn away, not just say oh i'm carrying out orders we can't do that one let's stop pretending let's call it out when we see it you know but more importantly link with people who are like-minded you know who are tolerant who you can share with you know maybe we have to get out on the streets i hope not because like it's a bit tricky doesn't it you know all that but if that has to happen That has to happen but there's lots of other ways We can nurture our relationships, uh, listen to if We hear people talking a bit Trumpy, you know. Maybe we might educate them a bit, you know. Who knows? Maybe they won't listen. Uh, But it's all about information, isn't it? It's all about the information we have because, you know, as I'm coming to a close, the uh, right-winged media, the propaganda media, they lie like hairy fairies. And the kind of information they give out is never ever accurate. So at the very least, fact check when you hear something. Whether you're in a relationship with a narcissist or in a family with one or yeah uh, you're looking at public stuff, fact check it, check out, because sometimes people say stuff me kind of go, oh yeah, okay. Check it out. You know, is, is that actually true? Where did give me an example of that? Where did you get that information from? Narcissists hate that question. Could you give me an example of that? because they just want to say shit and you're supposed to go oh okay you know well, what do you mean there give us an example of what you mean what exactly are you talking about so if you're quite specific so get correct information Be, you know use your critical thinking you know use your media savvy check out who do you listen to what what, what kind of uh, outlets are you listening to you know media outlets which ones are the mad right wing ones would you know which ones are more kind of fair and look at all things, which ones will call out bollocks, that's what you're after, you know. Independent ones are usually the best I find, you know, Um, in that sense. So, I'm just thinking of John Lennon, power to the people, yeah. You say you want a revolution, it's all about revolutions, isn't it, really. Um, But I, I, I would say, you know, things are cyclical, they come around. The, the stuff that's going on is not that different to 40s Germany. You know, some of you may be listening kind of go, that's a bit fucking, I'm, I, I'm deadly serious with that. It may not result in the same, exactly the same, but it'll come at you from some other way. Maybe it'll just fuck your head up. Maybe it'll just create a very fearful society. Do we want that? Do we want to live in fear? I fucking don't. I don't want to live and that, that kind of thing. You know, fucking lunatics goose stepping up O'Connell Street. Do you know what I mean? No. No. And again, I want to draw with you the parallel between that fearful world of, of terror, uncomfortable discipline, violence, on the bigger scale, and if we know it individually. Think about it. Think about what goes on. Because all those cult leaders they're all fucking someone up in an individual relationship as well, big time, hugely. And that's not enough for them now. They want to spread it out to the world. They're just that kind of hungry for power, for that type of power, for adulation. And they're missing out on one of the most beautiful things in the world. That's if somebody respects and loves you without you holding power over them or instilling fear into them. You know, because I, th- I would suspect, don't know if I'm right or wrong here, I would suspect that if human beings try to seek love by having power over, by intimidating someone, by, you know, literally trapping or torturing someone into love, somewhere deep in you they're always going to be feeling like, this isn't real, you know. And then you have to keep doing that, don't you, you know, because you can't, no matter how much you try and hurt someone, their mind is still going to be free, you know. What about the wonderful experience of another human being choosing of their own volition to say, I like him or her just because they are more and I'm going to reach out to them and be with them and play, hang out, whatever. You know, no domination, no fear, no terrorism, no manipulation, right? No cajoling, no gaslighting, that someone just freely loves you because you are who you are. So to come full circle, um, and I know there's loads of areas of this can be expanded upon around politics and systems, trust me, I know, but uh, at least uh, hopefully maybe you start thinking about it a bit more or may provoke something in you or may not, but if you come back to it, that group of white male privileged European men do not feel very good about themselves deep down. They're arrogant. But underneath that they don't feel safe. They don't feel secure. So they have to covet and take. They don't have that lovely feeling of free love flowing between groups or humans. Because that's that takes a little bit of risk that you have to be vulnerable there. So... That's one of the clues there. These people don't want to embrace the full human experience, you know? They want to dominate. They want to shut off their own sense of vulnerability and insecurity and sense of risk and curiosity. And they're going to, I don't know, they think they're settled for, they'll settle for domineering love that has nothing to do with free choice, you know? I would run a million miles if I thought any of my friends, anyone in my life loved me because they thought they had to. Now, I know family life can be a bit dutiful, I get that. We have there was a certain have to, I understand that, but you know what I mean. If I ever got a whiff that someone thought, I better fucking love him. You know what I mean, I'm gone. You know, if I love you, if you love me, if we're, it's because we want to. It's free. It's free. You know, and if you don't, you don't. I'll survive, you'll survive, it's okay, if I don't, I'm still going to respect you, and I'm, you know, we can, I'm not going to hurt you, you're not going to hurt me, we can get on, you know, that takes a little bit of negotiation, doesn't it, that takes a little bit of vulnerability, That takes a little bit of like, okay, you have to embrace that, okay, so I'm breaking it right down to that, I think that's what it's, it's about love, it really is, or people feeling they're not lovable. Because right? if those people felt they were lovable, they wouldn't feel the need to rape and pillage. They wouldn't feel the need to uh, destroy and to uh, wreak havoc upon others just to feel loved. They wouldn't feel the need to do that. And then they get hungry on that and the whole cycle continues on and then people rebel against that. And you know our world is in turmoil, continually. So I'm saying to you, white supremacists, there is another way, you fucking lunatics. You know, somewhere deep in there's is a human being who doesn't know that they're a lovable human being. I know this is incredibly naive, but I think it's true. And I feel if you knew that, you might change your worldview a little bit. If you knew that you could be loved just because you smile a certain way or you walk a certain way, you are as you are naturally, if you really knew that and could trust that, I think our world would look very different. You know? You might have to feel a little bit vulnerable, though. But that won't kill you. You can breathe through that. And the, 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 the pluses, what you get in return, is a millionfold. You know? So, worst thing that could happen, someone may not reciprocate. You feel like a bit of a dick. I've said this many times. All human beings do. You want to run away. I want to jump out of my skin. I want to. I wish I didn't say things or show things. But I breathe, and something in me just says, "No, it's okay." All right. Even if they do or they don't. It's okay. I'm okay. And we, we can, you know, the sun will come up again, and we can start again. We're all right, and we carry on, and it's okay. And the world looks all right, and and I love me. You know, I know that's a bit of a cliche, but. And then if you join in with me too, well, that's that's a kind of a bonus. That's kind of the way I'm rolling with it these days. Well, a lot of days. So I think I have probably said everything. So that was an attempt to power number two. There might be a... I, see, I'm not really get. I don't get too much into the party political stuff, so that's maybe for another podcast or for someone else. I'm more interested in the kind of what's going on in the psyche behind all the power structures, you know, and the family structures. and But you'll see... They're similar at different levels from the individual, the family What I'm describing, the community, the wider community, society, the country, the continent, the world. What have we got, seven, eight billion people in our world? And each one of them, I don't know them all, but each one of them as human beings has the normal desire to want to love someone. And to be loved, I think it's as simple as that. Yes, it all gets a bit complex as we get on with life, but sometimes we have to peel it right back to the humility of that. That's what it's all about, I believe. So, on that very simple, humble, loving note, I will, I won't leave you at all. I just keep loving you. How would that, how does that grab you, listeners? How do you feel about, you know, how do you feel about just being loved without being left? (laughs) Who wants to be left anyway? You know, um, sometimes you do. If there's some fucking arsehole around, leave me alone. But um, I will talk with you again, hopefully next week. Um, And I want to thank you again for listening, for your continued support, for your comments, for the, if, yeah, again, if if you're, you find the, show the episode or the podcast entertaining interesting fun useful helpful uh just cool to connect in with for yourself you look forward to it and you know you you do think it's worth a five star rating i'd really appreciate if you gave that and as i said before if you can share it with somebody else let someone else know about it and that patreon page is there for the it wouldn't be a cup of coffee for me it'd be a pot of tea I'm a tea man um a couple of quid a month would be beautiful see me into my retirement fund um but i'm not in it for that that would be just a nice bonus i love doing it i get great kick out of listening to my own voice i'm totally narcissistic in that respect um and i really appreciate the very genuine comments that i do get and uh that, that kind of keeps me going with it each week because people say, oh, I loved it. Yeah, like you know, I like this one better than that one, but I keep doing it. Yeah, I get that's the feedback I get. And that's an extra uh bonus, you know. Um, so yeah, please do give it a rating five star if you think it's worth that. Tell someone about it, pass it on to someone, share, talk about it uh, if, if you want to. I presume if you're listening, you like it. So, uh, but it, it makes a difference if you actually leave the rating, you know, the whole algorithms gig whatever the fuck that is (laughs) but you know um, it does it just it it gives access to more people than the way you have a listen and kind of go I don't know if I like what he's saying or that's interesting that's not interesting okay so thank you very much I will be talking with you next week talk to you then bye bye thank you for joining me in the Twilight Conversations if you'd like to get in contact with us regarding any aspect of the show you can get in touch at Conversations at gmail.com. So The Twilight Conversations is an independent project. We're not getting any help from anybody, no major corporations or anything like that. So if you like the content, if you like what you're hearing, please continue to support us via our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash thetwilightconversations.